You ready to go? to the second and two podcast i'm your host tb got my co-host producer extraordinaire uh closet rams fan outward broncos fan secretly texas fan maybe a ucla fan judging by the flags master of the grills and all around one of the best people we know jody yeah, yeah, that would be me. You know, like the guy who doesn't own a team. I guess you know. Yesterday, we 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 <laughs> we got that message from Jared. You know, shout out Jared. He said, "Yo, are you a Rams fan or a Broncos fan?" Then obviously the flags in the background. Those are from our guy Mitch, well-known Texas fan. Probably sad boy after this weekend, but tough. Yeah, I mean, I know, huh? I said they are not back. <laughs> yeah. Well. They're, I mean, going into the transfer next year to the SEC, I mean, you know, they're looking solid. It's just, you know, big rivalry games. Yeah, that was a tough loss. Oklahoma's a good team. You really, if if you're Texas, what you're hoping for is you get them in the Big 12 championship again. Yeah. And you avenge the one loss you have, and that's your path to the playoffs. So they're still alive. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, and the the schedule with them being on the schedule when when they just played this past weekend, it was what five versus twelve. So like, it, it's not like they lost to like unranked. I don't know, Air Force, I guess. But yeah, it was still a definitely tough team. Good game to watch, I'll tell you that. Really early, of course, nine a.m. for me at least. And so, yeah, it was a good game, good weekend. How about you, man? How was your football game this past week? Oh man, we got a big win. We won twenty-eight to fourteen. So the bye go. week was really productive. Won our yeah. our first game in the district. So these are the games that determine the playoffs. I think I explained that last week. Yeah. Um, so we won twenty-eight fourteen defensively. We gave up two touchdowns on the first two drives, and then the rest of the way. And shot that was them it. Out. Shut them out. Okay. Yeah. That really good quarterback, good player. Tough to play against. He finds you when you think that you're good like he'll sprint out right and then find you left i mean he made a throw in two minute drill right before the end of the the half where he he literally put it right on the sideline 40 yards down the field like on a rope probably the best throw i've seen a high school quarterback make in a while dang so that's impressive good player um but you know we, we got him it was our first district win in 11-man football, because there was like a little three-year period where where we were six-man football. Didn't have enough. Yeah, so they were six-man. But our first district win in 11-man football since 2016. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. You're just shattering so, everything out there, bro. <laughs> yeah, so we had our best start since 2004, first district win since 2016. We're 4-2 right now, 1-0 in the district. And we got another big game Friday. Um, another really tough opponent. They provide different challenges. They run power and counter until the cows okay. come home. And they're All good right. at it. Some big so, boys, huh? Yeah, they, they're going to run the ball. And they're going to be tough. So we got to be tough, too. And uh, we'll have to play Makes better, sense. I think, than we did last Friday to win this Friday. So it'll be a good game. 
Yeah, it sounds like a tough team just based off that analysis. I mean, if you're running all day, you got some some more courses back there. Strong dudes in the legs, I'm assuming. Yeah. Just built to built to run twelve play drives and whatnot. Yeah, and I'll say I will say this. Shout out to our quarterback. He's he's a dude, bro. Yeah. He had he had a run he's, Friday. He's getting calls now? He had a run on Friday that was legit reminiscent of Beastquake. Who? Beastquake, bro. The Beastquake? I don't know. Seahawks don't know. at the Saints, Marshawn Lynch. Oh, playoffs, be- the beast, <laughs> beast mode. Yeah, the Beast Quake when he went I, crazy. I did not know that's what they called. I thought it was called the Beast Mode. Well, he just with, he the, with is the whole beast mode, nine, you know. But that run is known as the Beast Quake. Oh, I didn't know that's what they were calling it. To be honest, I thought it had a so, different name. Sorry, he was just running over everyone then, huh? Dude, he just—I mean, he, so we were up. We were up uh, 22 to 14 at that point, and he went beast mode on his run and uh-huh. put it away to go up 28 to 14. So, uh-huh. yeah, it was a big-time big, big time play. It was like a 76-yard touchdown. It's crazy. That's, From a quarterback. Hey, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. A, a long ways. Yeah, he's a ball player. But um, – so we got another big one this week. We'll keep you updated. I'll let you guys know next weekend how we do. But we got to get to some NFL news. So first and foremost, I'd like to be the one to reintroduce the world to none other than Cooper Cup. My guy <laughs> came out there and had three catches on the first drive. Bro, um, yeah, I will say it was nice to hear the after every catch again it, it was really electric i'll tell you that oh our guy and, and our guy got the tickets by the way you yeah. got the tickets <laughs> yeah, at the game <laughs> shout out johnny yeah um, he, he he hit me with the bro this guy sent he <laughs> johnny texted me and said bro this guy said let me get the tickets with the dead emoji you had me rolling when he sent that though <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so Coop, Coop came, came back, eight catches, 118 yards in a loss, but looked pretty good. Didn't look all the way. There were still like a couple misconnections between him and Stafford that you could yeah, just tell. Yeah, that's for sure. They haven't worked together as much this year, you know, and I'm sure that'll get better as it goes. But what was the uh, what was the environment like there? Oh, it was nice. You know, I was actually I was underwhelmed by these Eagles fans. The only thing that was good that they were doing is the tailgating. They were going crazy, man. Every corner you turned, you hear E A G L E S Eagles, right? Chant going like crazy. But in the game, bro, they weren't too loud. I'm be honest. I was kind of, kind of sad by that. I thought that, that and I, I didn't see no fights. You know, not really. I thought Philly loves to fight. You know, they were just crazy fans in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, the the Lady Eagles, some dimes out there, bro. Really? Let me tell you, yeah, they they got the a, a nice looking the Lady Eagles, a nice looking fan base for sure. <laughs> and let's see what other what other mental notes did I have? Oh, they they were they they were only really loud on third down, right? You know, kind of expected, okay. but other than that, they weren't really like chaining on defense. And then my other note that I had for them was the Kelly Greens are really nice, bro. I've never seen one up close like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then with that being said, like Jalen Hurts and probably Jason Kelsey, probably the two two jerseys I've seen the most of outside of like older people, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a good game. Obviously, up until the end there in fourth quarter, kind of kind of lost it all. But it, I was glad to be there. It was it was fun to watch in person. The tush push, you know, crazy. It's just yeah, literally. It looked like we had a couple chances to stop on two different ones, but it was like after that, after you get the dudes coming off the edge with that extra push, it was like, give it to them. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of the Eagles, two teams left that are undefeated. Yeah, the them and the Niners. And the Eagles, they're both 5-0. and oh. Yeah, Looks like those two will battle it out for the one seed the rest of the season. Yeah, I would imagine. Much. Um, I mean, they play each other, don't they, in a little bit? They will eventually, yes. Yeah. And then if you look out on the other side of the NFL, the AFC, the Dolphins and Chiefs are tied for the one seed at four and one. And then there's just a million teams at three (laughs) and two. You know, you've got the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Ravens, the Browns, and then are the Bills. And then the Browns and the Chargers are both two and two on a bye. So it's just, yeah, it feels like the AFC is going to be chaos in terms of who actually gets in. It's going to go down. To the wire, yeah. there's going to be a good football team that misses the playoffs in the AFC. That's just oh, no it's very clear at this point that that's the case because you've got, um, again, after the Dolphins and Chiefs, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams sitting 500 or better. Yeah. Um, after week five, that's a lot. <laughs> that's I mean, not that's, enough for them to make so it. So <laughs> that's nine total teams that are 500 yeah. or better in the AFC right now. Only seven, seven of them can make the playoffs. And we said preseason. We kind of this is what we thought, and that yeah. was including when we thought the Jets would have Aaron Rodgers, and that mm. was including us expecting the Patriots to be better than they've been, and yeah, those two teams it kind of feels like are out. That's not even including the Bengals who are two and three, who are another team that we mm-hmm. figure will probably factor in down the stretch after what we kind of thought would happen with the slow start because of Burrow's injury. Yeah, exactly. So the AFC is going to be a bloodbath, man. We'll see which who's the healthiest, basically. Honestly. So yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see unfold down the road. We also got Anthony Richardson. He got hurt here at his AC joint. Don't know which arm that is, but yeah. And then Derek Carr got injured again. I take it in that Saints game too. Tough. Uh, I mean I think uh Richardson's injury is the same as Carr's. The AC joint. Yeah, similar deal on the uh I think his is the throwing shoulder though. Mm, okay. So it looks like they're expecting him to miss at least a week. I will say Anthony Richardson, as as fun as he is to watch, he does get hurt a lot just because, you know, the mobility quarterbacks, they, they take too many hits, whether it's while they're running the ball or in the backfield scrambling and whatnot. So that's always the tough one to see is when you got someone who makes the game not much more fun and then they just miss, you know, at least like five games plus for for those exact reasons, you know. Well, and he's a – He's a bigger guy. And yeah, he does like look more stocky. Big target, so it, it's it's hard because I don't think he's treated as like a runner. You know, like it's, yeah, it's a little true. bit tougher for him. So they're gonna have to. He's gonna have to be careful moving forward. It reminds me of Cam Newton a little bit. Cam yeah, Newton was all I will beat say up too. he just looked a lot Such taller. Such a big though, guy, like a, a tank. Yeah, but in other news, you've got the Patriots imploding. Uh, they <laughs> lost back-to-back games by 30-plus, which had never That's happened crazy. under 
Bill Belichick. Billy B, yeah. My for reference on this and how crazy this is, my my dad has is in a uh, like one of those Survivor League type thing. Well, it's not Survivor. League. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Just pick, it's just a pick 'em. He picks every okay. game and it's a pool and you know the yeah. winner at work. It's with his work. I'm in one of those. Yeah. Money. And uh, he asked me this week. You know, he asked me every week, like on all the uh-huh. games, what do I think? And I always give him my opinion. And usually, there's like two games. He's like, Nah, I'm picking this way. And yeah. sometimes I can convince him. Like I convinced him to pick the Falcons to beat the Texans this week. Oh, really? Um, yeah. yeah, that's tough. And uh, so he he was the Falcons. You know, he got that one. Yeah, so he was happy about it. But <laughs> um, we're talking about the Patriots Saints game, and you know, I was like, well. I think the Saints are better, but it's at home. The Pats just lost by 30-plus. It's yeah. Bill Belichick. He's the greatest head coach of all time. No way they're going to be one and four and lose back-to-back like that, right? Yeah. So I convinced them to pick the Patriots. Dang. And, uh, that's hurt. He's hurting on that one, huh? I guess it was they, a give and take. You got him to get right on one, and the other one he missed. Yeah. They're, I mean, it was so a tough week for four. picking, though. I'll say that. They're, they're one and four now. And they have very few reasons to be excited moving forward. I don't know that there's a lot that they can do differently this season that will make a difference. It kind of feels like they're going to be in the bottom of the barrel. Um, Maybe the thing they could be most excited for, Caleb Williams? Do you? I don't know, man. The the Bears are looking like they got a sure thing over there with that pick. Well, they just won. They just won. (laughs) Yeah, but the 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 people who the other people they got that first pick. Yeah, exactly. They haven't. They're still winless, so they at least have a a guaranteed top five. I would say at least. Yeah. No, probably two top five picks. Um, But I'm going to say at least one. You know, maybe things turn around. Who knows? So speaking of one and four, the uh, the Vikings. You know, they say that regression to the mean can be tough. Yeah. The Vikings, they're slowly becoming a really big story in the sense that they were 11-0 and last year in one-score games. That was the greatest single-season mark in NFL history in that yeah. stat. Well, they also – they had the – like, they had a negative point differential, right? But they won more games but still, which they, is they crazy. Won. Yeah, they were yeah. still 14-3 and or whatever, 13-4. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs, which is the most predictable thing ever. Yeah. They – now this year, they're 1-4, and four, and they're all one-score games. So now they've gone to one in, in the – just the next year, they're one and four in one score games. Mm-hmm. So the regression to the mean was predictable. You know, we said they would take a step back. I predicted them to be a seven and ten team this year. They're looking more like a five and twelve kind of team. The way they're mm-hmm. playing right now, it's been rough. That regression to the mean has been harsh, despite how predictable it was. Yeah. Well, I also seen Justin Jefferson got hurt. Do you know what happened with that? Uh, Jefferson sounds like he tweaked a hamstring. Could be out okay. for a week or two. You never know what those things could be. Right, right back could be four weeks. You know. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. I know Kelsey, Kelsey got, got hurt. hurt too. Yeah, my my he buddy texted me on that one. He came back in low ankle sprain. He'll probably be fine. Won't miss a lot of time. I would imagine he'll probably uh-huh. play again this week because he he came back in that game. So I think he'll be okay. That's um, where the conspiracy hat comes in for some people. They like, go, "Oh, Taylor Swift wasn't there. Now he's hurt." You know, it's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Just keep an eye on both of those guys going forward, especially if you're a fantasy football player. Yeah, true. Um, and then we got T. Higgins. He missed his first game uh, with a rib injury. We also saw that coming in before that he was most likely not going to play. But we'll, we'll expect him next week with with the Bengals again. Yeah. 
And then um, lastly, the Cowboys playing the Niners last night. Do you, do you think the Cowboys are frauds? I saw our guy get Bayless. I don't know how real of a video this was, but he walked over to the trash bin, had a Dak Prescott jersey, and just yeeted it in there. Okay. All right. Number one, if the people who want to blame Dak for that whole game are just wrong. Dak played awful. I'm not defending Dak. He played awful. Yeah. But their defense, which everyone was talking about in the top five, you know, oh, they're the, the Cowboys have the best defense. Their defense got destroyed. <laughs> it got – I mean, they gave up 42 points. Yeah, that is crazy. They gave up 42 points. Their defense got ripped to shreds. If you want to be mad, be mad as mad about that as you are with Dak. All right. I mean, it was bad. It was a bad performance all the way around. Whole team. I so, will say he did have a Micah Parsons jersey on the other hand, and he, he was questioning throwing that one in there too, but he threw okay. it over his shoulder and turned around. Okay. That seems classic skip Bayless. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I mean, they had the blowout win against the Pats the week before. They had yeah. a blowout loss against the Niners. So you're just asking yourself, like, which team are they? Pretender or contender? It's Three the same thing right we now. see every year, I think. They you yeah. know, they look really good against the people they're supposed to look good against. And then on the other hand, it's like they might not look like we thought they would against the, the real dogs. Yeah, I, I don't I, – last week we talked about our top three in each conference. You Do you remember? Yeah, I, I threw Niners, them in Eagles, there. But... I did not say Cowboys <laughs> for a reason. I said Niners, Eagles, Lions. That is true. I just felt – out of the NFC teams, you know, that they they would be one of the ones that were going to make the playoffs sure thing in my mind. It's just a matter of well, they, how far they go in the playoffs. playoffs. We don't know. They'll probably make not the playoffs. Very. They're probably still the fourth best team in the NFC right now, but they just not quite where those other – really, that there's a top two. Yeah, then there's easily. the Lions. Then there's a bunch of other teams to me, and it's and the top of those bunch of other teams is the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys. Yeah. It's you know. Some so of they're the they're the, the Matt South. Damon's leader right there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I think the the e. You know, sorry everyone, I'm losing an AirPod here. You know, <laughs> AirPods running out of juice. But I would say, you know, you look at like whatever's coming out of the NFC South. You know, teams like the Packers and the Rams. You know, maybe the commanders right now, but yeah. like those teams that are the rest of that pack that are uh-huh. challenging for a playoff spot. I think the Cowboys are at the top of that group. They're they're going to probably be the fifth seat, the wild card, the top wild card team. So yeah, no, I can feel that. It's just um, it's just crazy. It's like a it's written every year in the script. You know, they they'll they'll get there to the playoffs. You know, they might be battling for that spot in their in their division, and then they implode in the playoffs yeah. even more so. But yep, we briefly touched on it. Oh, my bad. No, I just, you know, the Cowboys, they really shafted me. I know we're about to talk about our fantasy football deal. Yeah. Um, so I'm playing this week. I play. I went up against my principal at the school. So there's a that, – Yeah. So I forgot to mention that I, I'm in that – I got wrangled into two leagues somehow. <laughs> I got – I'm in that I only knew about the woods. So when he told me that yesterday, I was kind of laughing to myself. Well, yeah, I mean, they got me. <laughs> so we didn't even pick. We just we need, we just auto drafted in this league at the school I'm working at. Everyone wanted to do it, and I was. <laughs> Wait, what? What did you get? Any good people out of this auto draft? Yeah, my team is the best team. Oh, really? Yeah, but so I played the principal, 
And yeah. he tells me during the week, he's like, hey, let's put something on this. And he wants to bet $20. And I'm like, all yeah. right, well, you're the principal. What am I going to say? No. I'm like, okay, you, fine. You on the other hand. So, so, so I'm playing him. I go into Sunday night football. I'm down like 16 or something like that. And he's yeah. got no one. And I've got Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. All oh, 13.8 or something. I know. Sure, that sure thing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, McCaffrey gets like 13 points and sits the whole fourth quarter because they're winning by so many points. So I end up losing by like literally three points. I was yeah. so mad. This is why I hate fantasy football. This is why I stopped. <laughs> well, it's stupid. On that same and then <laughs> The other worst part about it is like their last, second to last touchdown, they're on the goal line and he gets the first carry, you know, first to goal from the one, he gets the carry, yeah. doesn't score, and then they throw it to use check. And I'm like, well, that's it. It's over now. Yeah. And then they get the ball back off a turnover, and then they put the backup running back in who scores. And I'm like, oh, Mitchell, perfect. sick, awesome. It wasn't even Mitchell. It was uh, Good, some guy. Great, who, Grant. <laughs> yeah, it just you know what. So I'm just over it. You can tell us how we're doing on our league, but I'm just telling you, I'm now. I will say in the college league that I'm in, I'm four and one. So uh-huh. I'm doing go. well in that league. A lot, Kittle, a lot more I have Kittle in that, in that league, and and Kittle went off last night. So yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, that's the the classic kiddled game bro you you get everyone balling and then he'll get his one for one game and be like wow that was the greatest pick of the draft when he was getting like i don't know five to ten points every week you know yeah yeah but getting into our league this is this is a wild week in terms of your team and my team just not doing that great so for you you had no running backs this week i don't know if you caught that yeah, you did. Yeah, so no running backs for you. Every you, Saquon didn't play, and your other running backs were on bye. You had Eckler and Ford on a bye, so Browns and and Chargers bye weeks. I currently have Josh Jacobs. Jameer Gibbs didn't play. I don't think. Mm-mm. I think he was he was hurt, and so I got nobody for my rookie spot. Josh Jacobs. I need him to get twenty five point twenty six actually. It'd be 25 and some change for me to beat you. And so you're talking about how CMC didn't ball. We also had Justin Jefferson, or sorry, Jamar Chase on your team who went crazy with the three tutties, right? He had, we'll we'll talk about him later, 15 catches, you know, crazy. Just amazing stats, 52 points. Now I have him on my personal league, so I can't get mad that you had him and he carried the team. But I also find it funny because one of my homies texted me. He's like, bro, Jamar is carrying your team. I was like, bro, I don't care. I was like, I still got two people tomorrow. I'm not going to lose to this guy either way. Like, I don't know why you're getting mad that he's finally had a good game, you know? Like, we got four (laughs) weeks of him getting, I don't know, like 10 uh, to like 17. Oh, mind you. Okay. While we're talking about me averaging these things, I also did. I took the time the past week to make an average for each player. So, uh, let's see. Our highest dudes with the average. Oh, Tyreek Hill. That's I need to fix that because it's now Cooper Cup. Cooper's back, but Tyreek Hill would have more because he just got thirty. But he's on my bench now, according to the, <laughs> to the rules I made. So, so that's unfortunate. But let's see. Jalen Hurts. He gets twenty-one. CMC is averaging twenty-six, even with thirteen this past week. And then AJ Brown gets around twenty. For you, you have Saquon getting 18.25, but his sample size is small. 
Jamar after this week, he gets you around 22, and Justin Jefferson around 22. But that's going to change with, with the injury, how long that affects him. And then Travis Kelsey gets a solid 15, almost 16. Bijan, also a baller. He gets you 16. Let's go, Meanwhile, I got Jameer Gibbs getting nine, and then, you know, he just decides he's – well, I, I shouldn't say he decides to not play. He, he's hurt. You know who else has been me. nasty is Laporta. Oh, Sam yeah. Laporta. He's been balling. He, he had, what, like 18, I think, this past week? Yeah. He, yeah. He gets some, some good catches and runs for sure, and then I think he gets a tutty here and there too. But, yeah, so you're, you're currently winning today. We got 121 to 96. I probably won't win unless Josh Jacobs gets like two touchdowns and some catches. That game is uh, at the half right now, 10 to 3 Raiders. Yeah. So, so they got another field goal before the half, too, huh? That, yeah. Not bad, not bad. But yeah, that, that, that'll be our fantasy weekly update. I haven't heard nothing from my league, which is good. You know, that dude's on crickets this week, <laughs> luckily enough. <laughs> yeah. But we could uh, we get into some awards predictions and the playoff predictions that we got for each of the you know MVP, offensive rookie, yeah, you know, defensive, yeah, yeah. all those things. So last week we did kind of our quarterly QB cheers check in. So this week we're gonna do our again. It's kind of a weird breakup the way the season goes, but it, it's sort of the quarterway point weeks four and five. So we're gonna look at our season awards and playoff predictions. Just check in where we are. What we predicted, yeah. how we're feeling about it, who the front runners are right now, and see where we're at. So, starting with the MVP, I predicted Lamar Jackson. After this week against the Steelers, maybe not feeling as good as I might have felt uh, huh. prior to that. He had been playing pretty well. They struggled on offense this week. Um, so, not sure. The Ravens are three and two. Lamar has been solid, but not great. Not like some of the other quarterbacks who are probably more front runners. I mean, the current front runner right now that I saw most, if you're going by like betting odds, would be Tua, uh-huh. followed by Josh Allen, followed by Patrick Mahomes. I so, say, I seen the one I seen was Patty Mahomes. They're basically the same top three, just a different order. Yeah, and that's usually that's the top three in some order, yeah. some way, shape, or form. Every week it's switched a little bit. Like Allen was on top last week because he beat Tua, which yeah. made sense. Um, then Josh Allen and the, and the you know the Bills lose. They lose to the Jags yeah. this week, and so it, it drops a little. Lamar is still semi near the top. I think he's like sixth, yeah. and a lot of them fifth. Um, Jalen Hurts is kind of another name that you see like in that four spot a lot. So uh-huh. that makes um, sense. Lamar's not he's not out of it, but I'm not feeling great about my pick a quarter yeah. way through. What about you? Oh man, I you know I thought we were doing a a, new, a updated version of our list, so I don't even remember who I had originally. But I would I was just assuming I was gonna switch to Tua. I was gonna say, like, I honestly my my pick would have been Christian McCaffrey, but he's not. Mm-hmm. There's no chance, brother. The skill positions don't win those ones. So yeah, I threw him on the next one for the offensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's who I had for, for the Offensive Player of the Year. And he still seems like the front runner. I mean, that's who you would uh-huh. pick right now, too, right? Yeah, oh, easily. I mean, I, I talk about this dude every week, I think. And not even just for the fantasy update, but in general, I think the dude just goes crazy. Obviously, down week this past week versus the Cowboys, but George Kittle really went off. They still They still had a great game. It's not like he was, you know, not doing anything. 
Yeah, um, if we look at the defensive player of the year, I had Micah Parsons. I think he's still – I mean, I think he's the front runner right now. Even after Sunday night football this week, he's uh-huh. still the, the likely front runner. I mean, I know Miles Garrett is another name that's floated around, and T.J. Watt is always kind of near the front. And yeah. you can never forget about, you know, Aaron Donald. But at this point, it feels like he would be fourth after those guys. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I had TJ Watt originally, but I'm just gonna switch it to Miles Garrett. That they have a way better defense compared to TJ Watt. Granted, I saw some some highlights of the game from him this past weekend, but you know, it he can only do so much himself to where it like the defense is still, you know, still functioning, but just not as high as you'd want it to in order for you to to make it look like a better you know environment i don't even know if that's the word i'm looking Mm -hmm. for but yeah so definitely switching on that one for sure um next up we got the offensive rookie of the year uh i mean some dudes that i like that aren't necessarily at the top i would say probably Bijan. you know he but uh, it's similar i would say to the just mvp in general probably going to a quarterback that getting some legs under him so CJ Stroud, you know, still hasn't thrown a pick. Good for the guy down in Tech in uh, Houston. I was gonna say in Texas, but there's three different teams down there. <laughs> you, looks like you were looking at Anthony Richardson. I, at this point, I'd say health because he's definitely lighting up the numbers and more so than just throwing the ball compared to CJ yeah. Stroud. But he was my he was my preseason pick just because I kind of bought into some of the hype and in. Shane Steichen has done exactly what I thought he would do with him. But, yeah, I think uh-huh. the thing that's holding him back from probably having a real shot at the award is just the injuries. He's already missed one game. He's probably going to miss at least one more here, yeah. um, if not two. So, I mean, and then C.J. Stroud right now is having it. He's just playing historic football for a rookie quarterback. He, he's on a run right now. That's just – we haven't really seen anything like it. A, a rookie yeah, QB no, played exactly. this well this quickly. So, yeah, Stroud – it's probably his to lose right now. <laughs> well, I will say there's a culmination of things, right? He's got the first-year coach, team that wasn't necessarily doing well in recent time. Got the, the the two picks early on, right, in the last draft. Like, they've done a lot to change everything up down there, and they're doing some well. So, yeah, definitely some credit to him and that squad, and even D'Amico Ryans. For sure. Uh, let's see, defensive rookie of the year. What were you looking at there? I know. Well, I had Christian Gonzalez. Uh-huh. Sad face that he played so well <laughs> the first couple of games. Yeah. And then he, and then he, he, he gets injury. hurt. He tore the labrum, and now he's out for the year. Surgery. So yeah. pretty, pretty sad about it because he was a really good player. It really hurt the Patriots defense that they've lost him. It's so much so that they went to pick up, right? Yeah, JC Jackson. Yeah. With with the Chargers, they made a little trade, late round pick swap to get JC Jackson, which, you know, certainly helps them. But yeah, just Christian Gonzalez was gonna be really good for this year and now he's gonna miss the year, so it kinda sucks. I mean, I would say the current front runner would be Jalen Carter in Philly. Because yeah, he's true. just been a dog for the first D-line, or O lines. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say I like Brian Branch there in terms of you know other dudes lighting up. I think he's got like three picks, right? 
yeah. up until this point. Also, another dude though, he he's been on and off with the I think the ankle injury. So, uh, if he if he can stay healthy down the road, maybe take another week off, get get to full health, and then just keep balling. He's been playing great. Big big name out there with Anzalone on the Lions that you always hear. I think a lot. Yeah. Comeback player of the year, Joe. Who are you thinking there? Uh, I mean, I still think Demar Hamlin runs away with it as long as yep. he, you know, gets some solid production on the D, like a, in one game out of the next, you know, what is it, twelve? I think it's it's basically his. But if there's any other people I'd like to look at, just you know, maybe maybe think there's some good value for him. I'd say probably either Matt Stafford or, or Baker. Baker has a chance both to get those, guys, those dude to they're the playoffs. Both in the- in the top five right now on odds. Oh, okay. So yeah. That yeah, you're not wrong there. And Stafford was my preseason pick outside uh-huh. of Hamlin, like I said. Yeah. I mean, we kinda it's one of those like where you already know who won the award, but <laughs> going somewhere else to say, hey, another guy that we want to recognize. Yeah, Stafford was kind of the guy I was looking at. And he so far he's lived up to that. He's Baker's looking good, been too. incredible though. I mean the best version of himself for sure. And in like what like three four years I'd say since that yeah. playoff run they had. Yeah, I mean, coach of the year I couldn't really tell you where I went with this one originally, but I, it might have been our guy Dan Campbell actually. But I believe you did say Dan Campbell. Yeah, I I, I think it was there, but I I wanted to switch it up because you know I don't want to piggyback too much with you on yours just because it's like. You know, we got to see, we got to, we got to look at more options, you know, keep, keep our mm-hmm. eyes open. So I was thinking maybe Mike McDaniel, I mean, they're four and one, they're looking really good down there in Miami. And then maybe even Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if he's ever had this award in recent time, but I mean, five and no start that this guy's got Brock Purdy undefeated in the regular season between last year and this year still. So I think those are some good front runners outside of. Dan Campbell, who's going to probably end up in a at least like ten win year, maybe more. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they 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 never give it to like the established coaches. So like the McVay, yeah. Belichick, no, the yeah, Shanahan's, the top, Mike Tomlin, like those guys almost never win it. it feels like it's almost it, like the younger. I mean, coaches. someone could do some research on this, but it feels like it's nine times out of ten, it's like a new coach or second year yeah. coach. Yeah. So. Um, that being said, I, you know, I know I originally, I'm mad yeah. at myself because I said I really like Shane Steichen with the Colts. Remember, I was talking about I thought the Colts yeah. might be better than we thought, and of course they're better than we thought. Yeah, definitely. But then I, I, I drank the juice and I said that my pick was Sean Payton. <laughs> and you wanted just, a Broncos country less ride out there. <laughs> and I should have really just said Shane Steichen and not put hitch my wagon to uh, Sean Payton. So. Um, right now, the current front runner would be Dan Campbell, but Steichen is in the top four right now, or top three, I believe, yeah. in terms of odds for uh, for Coach of the Year. So um, he's doing a really good job. All right, Executive of the Year, one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but um, who would you have? Uh, originally, I don't know. I think I might have said the Seahawks, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. Unfortunately, John Schneider. Have it. We both, both kind of agreed on that, I believe. Which yeah, they, had, they just had a great off. draft. We we yeah. talking about, but I think um, I'm gonna switch up to the Lions. Brad Holmes, I think that's Brad another Holmes good one. Really if good Dan Campbell doesn't years. get that, 
that coach, I think this makes sense here. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, the current front runner right now would be Chris Greer with the Dolphins. Okay. Um, a lot of people like you know A chain in the draft. Yeah. Um, some of the moves they made on the defensive side of the ball. Ramsey hasn't even played yet. Bro, um, they got Chubb you know, last got, year, and 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 then they they signed the linebacker David Long. They brought in hired Vic Fangio, so they they've done a lot. I think to help Tua on the offensive line. I mean, all yeah. that. So Chris up. Greer is a good pick. I think John Schneider and the Seahawks are having a good year. He's not out of it. And then Brad Holmes has got to be someone who's talked about with the the way he's maneuvered since the golf yeah. trade. They've made the most of all those picks, and everyone hated their draft just because they drafted a linebacker and running back. But then they yeah. also drafted guys later like Sam Laporta and Brian Branch. Yeah. Who are killing it right now. So yeah, get um, in or eating. Yeah, I, I, I think any of those guys would be good picks for executives of the year. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely agree. There, there's a I feel like that one's a lot more open as opposed to coach. But it's like yeah. the same the same camp has to be, I'm assuming. But let, yeah. let's look at our playoff predictions that we got. The what what do you got in the AFC? So in the AFC Originally, I picked the Ravens to be the one seed, Chiefs as the two seed, Bills, Jaguars as the three and four seeds, and then Jets, Chargers, Bengals as my wild card teams. Well, right now, the Ravens are three and two. If the season ended today, they would be the five seed, I believe. The Chiefs are four and one. They would be the one seed. The Dolphins are also four and one. They would be the two seed or, you know, they're tied for the one seed. I didn't even have the Dolphins in the playoffs, so that idiotic move by me. Um, <laughs> the Bills are three and two right now; they would be the sixth seed. The Jaguars are three and two; they would be in the four spot, so I'm right on them, I guess. The Jets, they're two and three. Playoffs look not likely right now, unless Zach Wilson just starts playing way much, way better. The Chargers are two and two. Who knows with that team? Um, the Bengals are two and three. And again, they're they wouldn't be in it right now either. So the Steelers are a team that you know would be in right now. Yeah. Um, that we mentioned, you know, the Bengals are or the, the the Browns are hanging right there. And again, the Dolphins were a team that I had out that right now, season end today, would be at least tied for the one seed. So in the AFC, um, not completely off, and all of that is still alive and in play, but. Certainly missed on the Dolphins would I would be what I would say is my my big oh, yeah. miss right now. I mean I think I definitely missed on that one as well. I think I threw the Broncos in there too. Yeah, from what I remember. And then I don't even think we had two teams coming out of another division besides either the the Bengals one or the I said the Broncos obviously so there was two there but. What was it? NFC or AFC South, I'm assuming, right? We didn't mm-hmm. expect anyone besides one of those teams. But I mean, yeah. like I said, I thought we were doing predictions again. We we're updating our list. So I had, <laughs> I wrote down the Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs, right? All, I'm assuming those ones are all in the Ravens, all winning their division. And then we got Jags, Colts, and Bengals, what I got right now as who I think will make the playoffs. Who do you think is going to win the division, Dolphins or Bills? Ooh, I mean, I think. Granted, you know, the Bills are already down an extra leg, you know, with that loss after this weekend. But but they do have the tiebreaker right now because they yeah. beat the Dolphins, so. Yeah. 
But, I mean, they do play again, so there's still another chance to see what happens there. I want to say the Dolphins just because I feel like they could just run up the score with anyone. It doesn't necessarily matter. And there's such a quick strike uh, offense that's like, well, they both are. I want to be honest, actually. I think they both kind of are. But I think the Dolphins also have a more established running game than they do with the Bills. Not saying Cook isn't using his legs often, but I feel like we've seen the Dolphins have much more success, especially with they got all the motions and stuff. They use a lot more with the run game with their wideouts and stuff too, not just going deep. And they're just fast. I heard today that they got the top seven recorded plays by any runner in the games in the past five weeks. They got Tyreek and A-Chain at like three different spots and then Mostert at one of them as well. <laughs> yeah, they're so fast. Their yeah. team speed is insane. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think the Dolphins probably have the upper hand right now, but it's close. Um, yeah. In the NFC, you know, I predict the Eagles to be the one seed so far. That looks like very, very possible. I had the Seahawks winning the division and being the two seed. They haven't played the Niners yet, so I guess we'll see the jury still out. They're three and one. So that's yeah, not impossible. True. The Saints I had as the three seed. They're three and two. They've looked kind of up and down. Good some weeks, not good others. Um, the Lions are four and one. They look mm-hmm. really good. So I still feel pretty good about my division winners, except I, I mean, at this point, it's kind of tough not to think that the Niners will win that division. The Seahawks could hang around for a while, but the Niners will probably win that division. My other, my other three picks I feel pretty good about. Um, the Cowboys I had is the top wild card. They're three and yeah. two. That could still very much happen. The 49ers I had is the next wild card. Like I just mentioned, they'll probably win the division. That'll them and the Seahawks will probably flip flop. And then I had the Rams as the seventh seed, um, which I think they're on track to do that right yeah. now. I mean, they've played a really tough schedule. You figure two of their losses are the Eagles and the 49ers, the two undefeated teams. So kind of tough. And then yeah, Johnny the had me sold on them yesterday. The uh, the Buccaneers, you know, are a team that I just I, – I whiffed on, like I did in the AFC uh-huh. with the Dolphins. I did not. Now, I really thought – I knew the Dolphins would be good. I just thought they barely missed the playoffs. I thought the Buccaneers would be awful. And they're 3-1, yeah. and, and Baker's playing his best football of his career. So um, the Bucs are going to challenge the Saints for that division. They obviously – they beat them last yeah, week. True. They're on by this week, and, you know, the Saints got that win. So the Buccaneers are technically leading the division right now by – um, a half game plus a tiebreaker, but we'll see how that division goes. You know, as the season plays out, we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, they have to play each other again, so we'll see. Yeah, I actually found where I had my teams listed. So in the AFC, I missed on the Jets. That was I was a big front runner on the Jets. When yeah, you, you loved the Jets. Yeah, I remember. I, I was a big Aaron Rodgers guy. And also, speaking of which, I also found my my thing for the awards and i had aaron Rodgers at mvp so that's yeah that's a sad one that's a sad one but for the nfc i went with the eagles and niners tied with the eagles taking the one seed because i would i guess i assumed i had them winning that game they played against each other and then i got saints and lions for the other two divisions and then the three looking in i got seahawks cowboys packers i actually when i flipped it this week I got I brought in the Bucks over the Saints. I swapped those two, I think. Okay. Yeah. 
I feel better on the Bucks winning that division now as I did before because we didn't expect them to do too much. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I had the Vikings and Rams outside looking in on the playoffs, which is oh, still very doable. You thought the Vikings were going to be a playoff team. I forgot. That was kind of your late last-minute switch up. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I threw in, I guess, the Packers at the end because my – I have twelve and five, twelve and five, Niners, Eagles, eleven and six, eleven and six, Cowboys, Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Um, so that's kind of the quarter waypoint check in. We'll see how these things go. I think we'll check in again, you know, around uh, week nine probably, and see where we're at. Okay, um, but uh, let's get to awards for the day. Yes, sir. Here, I'll start it off with kick off the Tuqua Gamer of the Week. You know, we got it. I talked about it briefly earlier in the fantasy update. I went with Jamar Chase. Just, you know, it, it, it was good to see him gritty again. You know, it was the first touchdown he had all year. Yeah, yeah. You got to get the, the little shots up, you know, do whatever you want. They hit him with the little rock to the sides. Yeah. Three goggles, whatever you want. My guy was having fun. He literally he hit the three the three shot. You know, the three the three tutties on him. So, yeah, my guy went 15 catches on 19 targets, 192 yards, three touchdowns. And then I also recently saw they kept track on how many first downs you get. So he had 14 of those. Basically every wow. catch. Yeah, every catch he had was pretty much a first. So well, very impressive three, weekend by the guy. Yeah. Speaking of three tutties. Another guy, man. George Kittle had a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first ever hat trick on Sunday night football. Three catches, 67 yards, three touchdowns. Every yeah, catch he had was a touchdown. Yeah. Um, all the incredible blocking he does, obviously. And he led the 49ers to a rout of the Cowboys and a statement in front of America on Sunday night football. So, my dog of the week, George Kittle. Yes, sir. Now, or gamer of the week, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. Hey, maybe, maybe you wanted to upgrade his title a little bit, you know? because he does do more than than everyone expects you know on on, in terms of blocking and catching of course being his job title but my dog of the week the jody's dog of the week (laughs) i went with puka nakua now i know you might be thinking like you know what could this dude do that he hasn't impressed us with right but it's what hasn't he done? You know what I mean? My guy got Cooper Cup back in the lineup this week, and he still had seven catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, he went eight catches, 118 yards. They Now, this is crazy. The target spread on the team now is wild, right? So Coop had 12. Puka had 11. Next closest was five with 2-2. I mean, you know... I, it, it, the proof is in the pudding, bro. My guy Puka is definitely top dog, especially with the main man Coop himself on his first game back. So, dog of the week, my man. Still getting the targets he was getting before. Just, you know, there's an added mix of Coop, who's also just as good. Yeah. My minor setback major comeback this week. CJ Stroud and the Texans. Um, Stroud threw what he thought was the game-winning touchdown with a minute 49 to go. However, mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter let a two-minute drive to kick the game-winning field goal and send the Texans mm-hmm. packing. It's still encouraging, though, to see Stroud, you know, continue to excel. He threw for another, you know, almost 250 yards, and he threw that one touchdown that he thought was a game-winner. Uh, through five games, he still hasn't thrown an NF- his first NFL interception. 
Um, I expect Stroud and the Texans to bounce back next week at, against the Saints at home. Next, we got the no cap hats off play of the week. All right. So we got to go to college football for this one. And okay. uh, let, me a... let me just set the scene. Let me just set the scene. Yeah, let me, let me hear it. Because I did not watch um, this one. Oh, wait. No, I definitely seen the clips. I definitely seen the clips. I'm going to let you talk, though. <laughs> Miami. Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, the U, ACC correct, battle. Miami. Miami's back. Yeah, U. yeah, the U. U, this was the weekend for all the teams that were back, too. <laughs> Orange down. Orange down. <laughs> but um, so here's the situation. Miami is winning the game 20-17 to 17 with 33 seconds yeah. remaining in the game. Georgia Tech has used their last time out. So Anil ends the game. Like you take an yep. E, the playcock runs it out, game over. However, instead of kneeling, the Hurricanes turn around, hand the ball off, and go to run it. Not yeah. only do they run it, but the ball carrier fights for extra yards. Yeah, for whatever reason. I don't know reason. if he was trying to get stats or like they just weren't aware of the situation or what. But as he's doing that, Georgia Tech predictably rips at the ball. He fumbles, and Georgia yep. Tech recovers. They go to replay review. It's kind of a close one, but the call in the field was that it was a fumble, so the call mm-hmm. stands. You know the deal. Of course, the Yellow Jackets proceed to go down the field in four plays, 24 seconds, score a game-winning touchdown, win it 23-20. to 20. Crazy. Yeah. I, now, when I saw that video on X, wild. The moment. Before he even fumbled, the analyst for ESPN was saying, this is dumb. I don't know why they're even running it. Like, why? Do, I hope they just take a knee. They should just take yeah. a knee and it's game over. And then he saw him hand it off. He's like, oh, why are they even doing that? And then the guy's fighting for extra yards. He's like, why is he fighting for extra yards? Then he fumbles. He's like, oh, my God. And they lost their mind. They were like, yeah. what are they doing? And, you know, I this is one of the worst coaching decisions I've seen since Mario Cristobal made the same mistake in 2018 against Stanford while he was coaching at Oregon. Stanford, the Oregon – just needed to take knees to end the game. They hand the ball to their freshman running back who fumbles. Stanford goes Dang. and ties it and forces overtime. I can't remember who won that game in overtime, but I know it went to OT and one of those two, you know, one of them won. But regardless, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how does Mario Cristobal not learn from that mistake? You're, dude, you're one of the highest paid coaches in college football. And Mario Cristobal is a really good football coach. So don't think I'm saying that he's not. But that was terrible like clock management, game management. I mean, that was a, that was a, an awful mistake that it cost the team the game. It cost yeah, them it looks a win. like Stanford went on to win that one, 38-31 in OT. So they scored a tutty and held Oregon out. Yeah, there you go. So he's lost two games now that he very easily could have won by just taking these. So I don't, I yeah, don't know. That's, that's a tough situation. I couldn't believe it when it happened. I, I lost my mind watching it. I was like, what is going on? I was literally watching that clip on X. Like, is this real? There's no way this just happened, right? And then I seen it like on five different apps, right? Where people are just like retweeting or quote tweeting, whatever. And it's like, dang, that really happened. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Because it was like 33 seconds. Like, I don't. It made no sense. And I think it was only third down or something. Yeah, they're the third down. They're out yeah. of timeouts. You take a knee, it's game over. Yeah. It's Cut crazy. and dry. There's no like, yeah. I mean, there was no reason to hand the ball off at all. 
Hey, man, that's their decision. And then I seen today or heard, I don't I don't know if I was watching ESPN or what, but they were like, yeah, the the, the assistant coach said he should have jumped in there and stopped the play call, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, well, that time's passed, bro. You you lost the game. Anyway. I mean, yeah, there's no no point in playing the blame game. Now, it, it yeah. happened. You, you lost. I mean, because there's the thing. The running, you know, terrible decision making by the staff, but the running back doesn't need to fight for extra yards and then fumble. Yeah. Then, even when that happens, the defense, there's no excuse for letting a team go 75 yards in 24 seconds in four plays and score a touchdown with no timeouts left. That's, yeah. no. That is, that That's is terrible. On the other end. The whole thing. So, Miami, no cap, hats off, couldn't believe I saw it. Yeah. No, I can agree with that. But I want to get into the Strahan Munoz Award. Shout out the big fellas, you know. And I'll go first on this one today. I mean, as we mentioned, I was at the game. And I will say, there's one dude. I haven't wanted to pick him all year just because I wanted to see him live first. And it was everything I, I could expect. You know, maybe even better. Like he was doing some things I, I'd never witnessed. And so I'm giving it to Jason Kelsey. This dude, I seen a play where he was pulling, right? So he, he obviously had to snap the ball. He pulled, held, like, chip on the edge, and then just came flying at the linebacker. And, like, he, he blasted him. He, he, he jumped off his feet, pushed the dude to the ground. It was crazy. That was just one play. But there was times I was watching it, and I just I caught myself watching him over the play, and I was like, I, I can't do this right now. I, I, there's better things going on than me watching him. But every time I watched him, it was it was great. There was uh, he had really good pass pro where he would literally just hop over to help whoever had AD right, block him for like three four seconds, and then he would just sit there and like watch the play unfold. And it was crazy the clock he has in his head just because, you know, you only need three to five seconds. I think technically is what they say right to to get the playoff from a passing perspective. But he would do his job. When it was over, he'd just watch. Like he he would turn into me, and it was just crazy that he he had that much like knowledge of the game to where he either had to keep blocking the dude because he's on him, or he would help whoever and just get, save his energy. And Jalen Hurts is scrambling to finish the play, or he's out of the pocket dumping it off to someone who knows. But well, his and- game sense is crazy. I mean, one, it makes me happy to hear that you watched him on some plays and not the ball. That's really hard for people to do. But you yeah. gain a greater appreciation for guys like Jason Kelsey when you do that. Yeah. You realize, wow, this guy does so much. Two, he okay, everyone talks about Hurts on the QB sneak and the, and the guys a lot pushing of him. from behind. No, people, like the most underrated part, it's really not even the push from behind. It's literally Kelsey just going underneath everyone and just submarining yeah. it forward after every time they do that you see his like helmets like halfway off and he's like, <laughs> and like oh well, like he that literally happened honestly, his helmet really, was off on one of those plays i know that's what i'm saying he's actually the reason that play is so successful i'm convinced every time i watch he gets yeah. so much push and he gets so low i really think it's the push how, how you know it helps and it helps that jalen hurts squats 600 pounds yeah. and all that yeah i'm not saying those things aren't real what I'm saying, though, is the biggest factor on that play is actually Jason Kelsey. Yeah, no, he, he's a big part of it. And I will say I did learn, you know, this might be dumb. I don't know how many people know this, so maybe it's not. 
but I did learn because I was watching Jason Kelsey a decent amount that the guard, you know, so you know how the the like center will point out the linebackers or whatever. Right? You see them like look up, point at whoever. Well, I didn't realize that the the guard will like tap them when the 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 quarterback is ready for the snap. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. I still thought people were like peeking underneath their legs, like, oh, okay, we're good. No. And so that was one no, thing a lot I of did times learn. Centers will do the peek back and then. Yeah, give him yeah. a tap to let him know, like, hey, snap it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing I learned after watching the linemen this week. I mean, granted, they were on the road, so that's probably another reason why. Or sometimes they don't even tap him. They'll you'll see a guard just like move his hand in front of the center's face yeah. to like let him. You'll see him like look back and then go. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that means they snap it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I um, learned that. My uh, my stray hand side of this, T.J. Watt. He had yeah. a, a, another pretty dominant performance in that Raven Steelers rivalry. Um, he held Lamar Jackson in, te- in check, two tackles, two sacks, one punch on Zay Flowers, <laughs> and a fumble recovery that effectively ended the game during the Ravens' two-minute drill. Um, if you want to laugh today, just look up um, TJ Watt punching Zay Flowers. It, he, he dropped into coverage, and Zay Flowers tries to catch a, you know, like a, a, like a little hitch. controlled yeah. slant hitch route. And TJ Watt just punches the ball, but he misses the ball and punches Zay Flowers in the the helmet. Um, And it's pretty, it's a pretty funny looking video, but um, he did everything for that Steelers defense. He was awesome. And then he got the game clinching fumble recovery to to seal it. And he slid to to seal the win. So good for him. Um, Mm -hmm. Good for the Steelers. Big time game from TJ Watt. We're used to seeing that at this point. Yeah, so next up, we got our Who's Cooking Award. Now, I, I had two people in mind for this one. You know, one was, you know, great performance, haven't seen in a while. The other one, you know, I talk about him a decent amount. Not as not as impressive as you he has. Josh Dobbs. And bro, you love Josh Dobbs. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. For his, you love yeah. Josh Dobbs. Well, okay, but I want to give an honorable mention. Never been done before. Honorable mention, Jensen Fields on that Thursday night game. There. He, he went 15 for 29, 282, and four tutties. You know, something we haven't seen all year. But, yeah, I'm going with Josh Dobbs. I, I kind of seen this as, like, a maybe comeback next week, you know, against the Rams. Who knows? But Josh Dobbs went 15 for 32, 166 yards. Not, you know, that's not as impressive. Two touchdowns, two picks, and one fumble. Now, I will say, you know, the, most of those incompletions, he, he, he's picking good spots for the ball. It's just not, you know, like he's throwing them low to where it's come out of reach on. of the defender. Hey, come on, man. Hey, hey I'm calling you out on this out. one. I'm hear calling you out on this one. That stat line is not even good. No, it's How not. He's, he's not. He, no, this is him not cooking. Trust me. Okay. That's, this is, All right. But I'm trying, to, All right. I'm trying to paint the picture that most of these incompletions aren't bad. Like, yeah, you could overthrow some people. Sure. He did plenty of those. I'd say at least four. He was throwing them low where they kind of bounce to the dude. He's got to slide, try to catch it. doesn't happen. Now he threw two picks. One of those was a pick six. Yeah, that's not good. I, I, could, I could be honest about that. He had a fumble where he you know, dropped back class. He got blasted off the blind side. Mind you, on that play, the running back had a choice between close guy, outside guy. He went outside guy, got no. blasted. Got blasted. Yeah. So I, I don't want to make it sound like... I don't think that's a, or that I think that's a great style line. It isn't, but I do think he'll be better. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I had a guy who wasn't <laughs> cooking or he was cooking up something awful in that kitchen. I said he wasn't the reason they lost, 
Moore, he wasn't the only reason they lost, but he was a reason they lost. And that's yeah. Dak Prescott, who's awful on Sunday Night Football. He went 14 for 24, 153 yards, one touchdown, three INTs, three sacks. Wasn't all his fault, but he and his squad cooked up an awful dish against the 49ers. They had stuff going on fire in that game. So Dak, not cooking. I'll say Josh Dobbs, his plating was off today. He, he was burnt <laughs> some food and, and he couldn't plate too well. That's what that'll be my analysis on him. Okay. Now this Boo Boo Evans my award. Favorite award. So I know I've talked a lot about this Rams Philly game. I mean I was there, but this one there's a, there's a story attached to it. So Ben Skoranek, okay. spoiling the answer. Ben Skoranek. This dude had a role last year, kind of got bigger last year, right? The year before he was kind of in the mix. Not not anything too crazy. But he was on special teams a lot more yesterday, considering the return of Coop. We have Tutu, who's been making a name, and Puka, obviously, still going crazy as a rookie. And now, this guy gets in the game. Me and Fish look at each other and say, why is this guy in the game? I was like, I'd rather have Van Jefferson out there, go deep, and not get nothing, as opposed to this guy. We, I was like, why don't we have... Our dudes, Coop, Puka, and Tutu out there with Higby. But instead, we got Ben Skoranek as one of those four, right? So, what happens? Hut get the ball. Stafford looks. Hits him. Off the hands. Almost intercepted. Luckily, it hit the ground. This was his only target of the game. And then me and Fish look at each other, bro. What were we just talking about? Why is this guy in the game? And that's the one play he gets. I was like, this is crazy. And then, unfortunately, you know, next play, I'm pretty sure. Throw to Puka, he fumbles. We lose a million yards, got a punt. But Ben Skoranek, man, I don't... He, I mean, he's had a job and lost it multiple times over the past couple of years. I don't know. I don't all right, know. all right. Let me add some context right now, okay? Number one, Skoranek has never been like a starting on receiver on this offense, right? In the Super Bowl, it was more – that Super Bowl year, his rookie year, he was a special teams player. He mm-hmm. played a little bit on offense when they needed him to because mm-hmm. Odell got hurt, right? Um, yeah. Robert Woods was hurt, so okay. Last year he played out of necessity because yeah. so many guys got hurt. Van was hurt most of the year. Coop got hurt, all that. Well, in doing so, they found that role for him where he was a bigger guy. He's a really good blocker. Like yeah. a, a no, really he, he good had some good blocks yesterday. Don't get me wrong. So, on the so edge, they, but... they, like, they found that they like using him more like an H, you know, like a like yeah, kind yeah. of that tight end like mover guy as opposed yeah. to a true slot. So I think what McVay likes doing is going Puka and Coop as the two true receivers on the field. Tutu gives you nothing blocking. He's a little guy. Yeah, you're not wrong. So you take Tutu out, you bring Skoranek in, and it's almost like your version of 12 personnel with Skoranek and Higby. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what they're creating. And so I te- my dad said something about Skoranek being out there. And I was like, well, you know when Skoranek's in, it's either run or play action pass because they're not spreading you out with Skoranek. No, okay, I mean, that's, okay. Again, that's Fish also said that exact of, same thing. He said that know, too. He's like, this has got to be a run play. There's no other reason yeah, he's in. it's – that's because he is a great blocker still yeah. developing as a pass catcher. And 
I will not argue his one target. Yeah, he, he, he went right <laughs> off his hands. I mean, however, I would say that if you're not getting any targets and that's your, you know, you get your one target, yeah. it's kind of tough sometimes. You're not in the flow of the game. I get it. But um, in McVay's defense, I do think he likes using Skoranek as sort of a personnel changer because defenses uh-huh. probably count him as a receiver, but you know he's so versatile because he's such a good blocker. You can use him in different ways. Yeah. And that's his way of getting to, you know, like I said, 12 personnel. So. Yeah. Don't be hating on my guy, Ben Skoranek, is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is the context of the play where me and Fish look at each other, bro, what is this, what's going on? And then that almost happens. It was just, you know, it was just bang, bang, bang. We talk about it, that happens, almost lost the ball in a turnover, you know what I mean? <laughs> that is funny. That is really funny. Um, all right, so we got the turnover on downs. First down, I'm going to give you a trend I'm seeing, right? So let's pull it up first. So I was I saw this multiple games yesterday. Um, a lot of guys from that McVay-Shanahan tree are doing this, um, oh. specifically McVay and Shanahan. <laughs> um, no but, McDaniel? Uh, I think I've seen McDaniels do it a little bit. But – what you're seeing is these running back short motions and then they go to option routes. So like this okay. was in the Niner game on third and four, they short motion McCaffrey out because it forces the linebacker out of the box. So now, you know, you're getting man with that backer and you isolate that yeah. backer in space. And now it just becomes an option route for McCaffrey. He can go, you know, he can go in if the backer's outside leverage or he can go out if the backer's inside leverage right at the sticks. So you'll watch it here. Um, like I said, you can kind of see what the motion is going to be. And the rest of the play really doesn't matter. This play is truly to isolate McCaffrey. Anything else that happens in the play is essentially window dressing. So here you go. You'll get a little short motion. And see, he doesn't even go as a receiver. He's still like a running back. He's just way wide. They yeah. motion Debo in, window dressing, right? This is an option route for McCaffrey. He gets outside leverage, so he oh. goes inside. Now, he doesn't make the catch, but guess what? He gets – absolutely destroyed he gets rocked and it's you know had a neck area receiver yeah so you can see outside leverage okay i go in and i get it right at the sticks purdy delivers it probably a a second late which is why he ends up getting rocked here but you know still get some of the penalty and they get the first down so it's it's a really effective play i see the rams do it with kyron williams right now who's mm. certainly not as good at this as McCaffrey, but, you know, <laughs> it's an effective play for them as well. Um, and it's just something I've noticed. A lot of teams trying to ISO these running backs on linebackers or nickels to give them that option route, especially on a third and four type play like this. When you have a weapon like McCaffrey, that little short motion where he lines up here, and it's funny seeing him. He just still lines as a back. He's just six <laughs> yards from the quarterback. Yeah, right just like the numbers him. now. <laughs> Yeah, he's just out there in space. It, it, it is, uh, it's pretty funny kind of seeing that. It looks funny, but um, yeah. very effective. And again, it tells you like, okay, we're getting man. I'm going to have this option route here wide open. So um, if you didn't get that and, it, and the backer stayed in the box and you knew it was zone, well, now maybe there's another look to the play. But once Purdy recognizes it's man, he knows. I've got one-on-one with McCaffrey. That's my guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will say that's like out of context. If you just see it right there, it's like, well, what's Chris McCaffrey doing lined up so far away from Brock? <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I do want to say briefly, they also, the Rams ran a lot of empty yesterday. 
He's putting Kyron out there on the edge, which is kind of wild. Not surprising to me because of that Philly D-line. Yeah, that makes sense. But second down, we got we got the bet for next week. So I will say, you know, your boy's been cooking up on these. No, I, I didn't hit on the parlay. I didn't hit on the ones I threw out on all of them. But the one that I chose being, let me double check, we got Colts minus one. Gardner Minshew pulled it out, you know what I mean? <laughs> hit on that bad boy. This week, I haven't even chose a winner. Okay, well, let me run through them. I got Rams money line. The over-under was 47, and the spread is minus 6 versus the Cardinals. Rams are at home next week. I think they at least win. Minus 6, you can maybe toy with that. I feel like that's a little high. If you put that down to minus 3, you might be cooking. I got Texans versus the Saints over 40 and a half. Texans score a lot of points. Saints with Kamara being back, I think they average over 20 now. Detroit minus three versus the Bucks on the road. So the Bucks are home, and Detroit has the three-point favorite. Still like that one. And then Commanders-Falcons over 42 was another one I was peeping. I think my final, my final answer, I'm going to take the Commanders-Falcons over 42. I like that one. Nice. Commanders right. with the enemy have been, been scoring hella points, especially against, you know, semi-decent uh, opponents and I think they both have some good some good talent around them to where they could both score a good amount. We've seen the Falcons take the dub yesterday and then the Commanders like I said they've been scoring a lot with the enemy. Alright. we got the third down breakdown where I give you a third down from a critical game on Sunday. Help decide the game um, and just tell you what happened right, and why it happened. So we're going to go to the Jags and Bills, all right? 7-11, what is four? Yeah, really interesting game. Could have been scored on me, huh? Yeah, um, probably. The third and 15. Now, the Jags are going to show pressure, right? They're going to show this pressure look up front, but they're going to drop the two interior players to become the hook droppers. They're mm-hmm. also going to kind of show pressure like these guys might come off the edge. Those guys are both going to drop to the flat. They've got their two corners that are dropping to thirds. And then there's a middle of the field safety who's so deep, you can't even see him on the screen right now. He's going to drop to the middle of the field. Um, Now that all 22 doesn't drop until Tuesday, so we never have it when we break these things down. Would be really nice to see that on this version of it, you know, for this play specifically, because you'll see it's tough to see the routes. But um, you'll see what you're going to get. Basically, is like a, a, a levels concept, right? You're going to get the, the deep cross from the opposite side with Gabe Davis. On the same side, uh, I believe this is Khalil Shakir, um, is going to run the deep over route, right? So that's kind of your levels. And then Diggs is going to run the, the, the post really deep here. Yeah. And then you'll get the late check release um, from the tight end and the back, who eventually motions in to make it two back to max protect. And then they'll they'll check release late, right? So you're gonna get this levels concept versus um, four hundred three from the Jags. Yeah. So here you go, levels concept versus four hundred three deep, right? On third and fifteen. Now you're gonna see these guys are gonna drop out hard because they know it's third and fifteen. These routes have to get deep. Now the Jags do get pressure. They run a little te game, little Texas. They get pressure on Josh Allen with. Josh he Allen. just slings it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, they're Allen going crazy with that on Westwood one. Feels like he's got a one-on-one matchup, and he does. Diggs has the corner beat. You can see down here, this is the middle of the field safety. He bit on the initial over route, so he came uh-huh. downhill. Left Darius Williams one-on-one with Diggs on the post, and Diggs actually has him beat. But this is such a long throw, and he got pressure. Allen kind of cannoned it off his back foot, and it ends up kind of short, and Darius Williams catches up to him. Makes an incredible play with the interception. Um, Big-time football play for the Jaguars and what ended up being a win in London. Huge win for the Jags. And you can see why that play was so critical on third and 15. That's the difference between a turnover and possibly a touchdown for the Bills in in what ended up being a a one-possession game, tight game. Huge play by Darius Williams. Huge play by that Jags defense. Who you yeah. know I said I liked last year. Um, <laughs> they do some fun stuff. I just love that they they showed the pressure, forced the max protect, force versus the deep route. They drop out heavy. The safety bites on the deep over, but Williams is stays with the post, makes an incredible play on it. They got enough pressure. Allen didn't quite get everything he wanted on it, and so it ends up being an interception. Yeah, it was. I mean, I know I talked about. It. I've been on a lot of Westwood one. Hearing the game calls, right? You know, I just throw throw on the radio, hearing the, the dudes with the play by play, and so when that happened, they were like, "Oh, every, every every time there was a Josh Allen play on Josh Allen, like, oh, Josh Allen just just, just sacked Josh Allen." They're going crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so fourth down on this turnover on downs is the bad beat. I'm gonna give you two two unconventional ones. You know, I, I dabble in the prize picks. You know, over under on props, right? So, you know, receiving yards, rushing yards, touchdowns, blah blah blah. And so I went Rashid Shahid at 28 and a half yards. You know what he finished with? 28. Yep. And then on the flip side, the flip side, I had CJ Stroud 24 or 248 and a half yards. My guy got 20, 249. So, you know, both of those just right at the wire, too good of lines. Wow. Like one hand, you get the positive, one hand, you get the negative. But then I want to do. I do want to give out a shout out to the Texan. I had to pick on it last week. It was Texans plus two and a half. So if you had the flip side, right, the Falcons at uh, minus two and a half, you would have not hit that on because of that field goal late in the game. So, you know, a bunch of down to the wire right there this weekend. So tough, tough. Yeah. I mean, that's how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So finish out week five here um we got the banger of the week. <laughs> i didn't even realize that today your boy is uh your boy's up and uh so drake dropped a new album on friday mm-hmm. for all the dogs for all the dogs right? yeah um that's how he claims listened to most of it not all of it yet but most of it uh-huh. um i think it's just okay not like a huge fan, a fan of it was not a fan. Um, but I will say two songs I liked. My favorite song, I think, on there is Daylight. Daylight, I think it kind of it, it has a nice beat to it, you know. Uh-huh. And and I'm also like more of a beat guy than like the lyrics. Oh, themselves. yeah, no doubt. So I definitely have beat, some songs like that from Drake. Yeah. So that one, the beat's really good. So I like it. Uh-huh. And then first person shooter, it's got J. Cole. And, you know, I'm a huge J. Just Cole heat. fan. Just straight so, heat. That song is pretty good too. So those are my two favorites. If you're listening to the new Drake album, 
those were my two favorites. I think everything else is just kind of yeah, kind of okay. It, it wasn't. I don't think it necessarily was for me. So no, not at all. I would agree. Yeah, first person shooter, straight banger. That's what I expected coming on this album the whole way through, if not a lot of it. Considering for all the dogs, my guy pushed it back, and then. One thing that kind of took me by surprise, you know how you, on Apple Music you get the stars by the, like the songs. Yeah, no stars. They didn't do it. No, 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 no. So, I think the first seven songs are all stars, which is oh, really? first person shooter is one of them, I believe. Virginia Beach is another one that's popular. That's the first song on the album, so that one kind of always makes sense until it plays out a little more. But for me, I didn't really like most of the songs until later in the album so i don't know if people didn't make it that far because they they heard the first Probably. ones like or if when it i was first just, went to listen you know i listened on friday though so that may be why yeah there yeah no, it, no, there no that's how early on if you get there early there's no stars which is tough okay. but but yeah no it was literally like the first like six or seven all had stars and i was like i thought the back end was a lot better than the front but you know I'm, or or I, I took that as a sign as, you know, maybe my time is passing on the Drake, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm losing be. touch We're with the current music. Yeah. We're just too old so, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I think, uh, you know, it's Drake. He'll, he'll still be successful and everything. But yeah, those yeah. two songs were my favorites. So, but uh, I think that closes us out for week five. We'll be back. Big, big games next week. I'm excited for it. But until then, let our guy Ray Ray, Ray. Yes, take us out. This sounds special, Tony. I ain't about to go in front of Pony. I'ma show you just how bad I want it. Hear the passion, I promise I know this is my moment. I've been working, I've been putting music online. I've been patient, but I'm sitting on a gold mine. Gold mine, I had it since I'd have known time. Gotta rewind to understand my punchlines. In the past, I was overlooked, usually. Been the underdog player, this ain't nothing new to me. I can see the competition worry, so they stop and listen. I promise ain't no politicking with the opposition. This is something different, I'm something you've never seen. Writing lines and touching minds with every stream. Six feet, very beats to say hello and Apollo. I promise I'll be the hardest like to follow. Ah! Make way for the chosen one. Listen to the passion, many on the sun. One's up in the air if you know something. Better tell them, make way for the chosen one. Make way for the chosen one. Listen to the passion, many on the sun. One's up in the air if you know something. Better tell them, make way for the chosen one. Back home and the vision got them all dripping. I see the change, let me break it down, sit and listen. See where I'm from, they don't make it to the finish line. They have a dream, but they give up on it every time. So when they see me, they don't treat me like they used to. Probably because they witnessing something that they ain't used to. I am not the usual, I am an anomaly. I'm just trying to multiply my paper like Monopoly. Code us out probably, will he make it possibly? Honestly, I'm tripping, man, name somebody that's stopping me. This already written, I'm just living on my prophecy. Regardless of what happened here tonight, I'll still be popping, B. <laughs> man, I did this on my own, too. Put myself in this position on my own, too. You know who you are, I don't need to expose you. I'm looking at everybody who got it like I told you. Woo. Make way for the chosen one. Listen to the passion, man, he on the sun. One's up in the air if you notice him. 
Better tell them make way for the chosen one. Make way for the chosen one. Listen to the passion many on the Sunday. Runs up in the air if you notice it. Better tell them make way for the chosen one. 